Now, this whole episode with Yehuda and Tamar is a very baffling episode. Um, and it's also very controversial. And it's also, aside from being controversial and baffling, it's very hard to explain in a way, in a form, that people might hear this and may get the wrong idea. So I'm going to try as hard as I can to present the information in a way that nobody will have any mixholim with this, and only the Ratzon Hashem could come out of this. So, it says in the Pasuk, Vayered Yehuda. It says, and it was at that time after Yehuda sold Yosef or was involved with that issue, and it says, and he went down. The idea of going down, it seems to be that he lost part of his standing. Theoretically, Yehuda was a leader. He could have said, we're not going to, not only we're not going to kill him, we're not going to sell him. We're going to say he's putter and we're going to get him off the hook. Again, they had this din that he was high of Misa as a, as a, as a uh, Balash and Hara, or say it was, you know, whatever you want to say, he was high of Misa. But we saw that there was Beisdins in the times of Rikiva who said they could get everybody off the hook. So but Yehuda couldn't get him off the hook. So there's a certain degree, according to some opinions, that he went down in Madrega. And it says, though, he went and he married an Isha Knanis. Now Rashi, later on in the partial, says, as a machlokis, who did the brothers marry? Rashi says that they had twin sisters. That's one opinion they married them. And other people said they did marry Canaanis, even though Avram told uh, Eliezer not to let Yitzchak marry Canaanis, and Yitzchak's sons, Yaakov, and even Esav tried not to marry Canaanis. At first, Esav did, but then he went and married Basti Shemal. So Canaanis are not such a great idea. And it could be, could be, could be, just a possibility. It's not definitive. That Vayered Yehuda, Yehuda felt that he had failed in his mission, and because he felt he failed in his mission, he gave in, and he married a woman that probably he should not have married. And we see Yehuda's sons. Imagine being brought up in the, the house of Yehuda. Yehuda again was the Rosh Av Beisdin in the area. He was like the chief rabbi, and of course Yaakov Avinu was. All, you know, the Gadol Ador, but he was the chief rabbi. And what happened with his kids? Er came of age, and Yehuda said, okay, we have to find a wife for you. So he found a good wife from a good family, the descendant of Shem, Din of Abbas and married his son, Er, to Tamar. Now, Er... He was thrown away, by, uh, thrown asunder by her beauty. And it caused him to do things that were inappropriate. Basically, he did not want to have her pristine beauty and shape change at all with the advent of being expecting. So instead of having a child, he did not, for better, lack of a better term, um, make... Uh, did not have, did not father a child with her. He let, he wasted his potential for life. And because of that, 
Hashem said, that's evil, and he killed him. Wow. So Er, the son of Yehuda, the, the Rosh Hashiva, or the, you know, the chief rabbi of the area, his son dies. Oh, everybody's up in arms. Don't worry. Yibum. Er's second son, Onan, marries Tamar as Yibum. But he also, when he found out that having a child with Tamar, he's going to have to name him after his brother, he was like, mm, not such a great idea. Because of that, he also did not fulfill his obligation of fathering a child, and he wasted his potential for life. And the Pesach says, and Hashem killed him as well. It means they both died for the same Avera, wasting their potential for life. Okay, now, as we mentioned before, that Yehuda's had a third son who was much younger, wasn't ready to get married, so he was worried about this concept of an Ishakatlanis, and Ishakatlanis would be uh, even after two, because and he wouldn't let him get married to her. So he tells her, go back to your father's house, and when Shayla gets older, the third son gets older, we'll call you. But he really didn't want to do that. And he basically figured that she's off the hook. Now, again, does she have the din of Shomeris Yavam or not? And what's the din of Yibum? As we mentioned at the end of the previous segment, or the end of the short word, that the Rav Nostan Shapiro, I'm not sure if it's Nigalo Mukos nephew, he says that the Rosh Tevis spells out Yibum Av, that there's a idea of Yibum that a father is able to do because a father doesn't have children that have children, so he wasn't Mekayim, the Mitzvah Puravu. So the father has to do the Yibum. That's one way before the Torah was given. That was a valid thing. And that's what Tamar tried to entice Yehuda. And the Medrash tells us wild things. It's that Yehuda goes to shear his sheep in this town. Tamar hears about it. She dresses up like a uh, woman of the evening who is involved with illicit affairs. And um, he sees her because she was sitting in the, the fork in the road. And he's like, I don't want anything to do with that. And so he goes down another street, and there she is again. He's like, doubles back, goes down another street. There she is again. Everywhere he goes, every street he goes, she was there. The description of the Medrash, I don't have the lesson in front of me, basically describes that Yehuda kind of is having an out-of-body experience, watching himself talk to this illegal woman, and asking her what her fees are. And she says to him, well, what do you have to offer? He says, well, I have some sheep. He says, okay, well, just, we need a little collateral. And so he gives her the collateral, and he just, he's like, what's happening here? There's some of them, unfortunately, explained that Akkos Borhu, as it were, took away his Bechira Chofshis. And why did God do this? It's because in order to create the Neshama of Mashiach, we can't have the Yetzirah involved being metama, defiling the thoughts of the people involved. She had L'Shem Shemaim. He had nothing in mind because he is like, it's a dream to him. It's, it's, it's like surreal. And that's how she conceived. 
the neshamas of Zerich and Peretz, who become the progenitors of Mashiach. Now, she goes back home. He goes back home. He goes back home and he's like, he tells his trusted friend, Echira, he says, I had this crazy happening happen to me and I'm 99% it's real because I don't have my staff and my ring and my wicks with me. It must be real. So can you go and take a sheep and find the uh, woman who provides services in that town? So uh, here it goes, looks for her, comes back, says, they told me they ain't none of those type of things in this here town. And so he doesn't know what to do. So you just try again. Maybe he didn't. He goes again, according to some opinions. And again, he can't find this woman. Okay, the Torah says, And it was about three months later. And it was told to Yehuda, Your daughter-in-law Tamar has committed adultery. And not only she committed adultery, And she is also anticipating and looking forward to more harlotry. So uh, that's what the, the prosecutor says. They see about three months later, she's got a bulge, as they say. And um, so Yehuda says, I guess the din, she's a Bas Cohen that committed adultery. Right? She was supposed to marry my son. She didn't do that. I guess, send her out and let her be burnt. That's the din of a Bas Cohen who commits adultery. Says he mutzeis, she's being taken out. And she sends to her father-in-law. He sends a little package with a note saying to whom that these things belong, that's to whom I'm expecting. That's who, that's who impregnated me and that's who I'm looking forward to, to spending time with. Now Yehuda opens the package. Imagine, he's the chief justice, the Rosh Av based in the, the, the Ralph of the city. And he sees this, this big court case with the, his own daughter-in-law. They all the town knew it's his daughter-in-law. And he sees this and he goes, uh-oh. She's right, Sadka, me many. But she did is okay. It was me. <laughs> I don't know if you can imagine the fallout that would happen if that would happen nowadays. But, um, so, he is just like astounded. Everybody's astounded. And she gets off the hook. The, car, the question is, it means he either no, no longer was familiar with her or he married her and he never left her. Okay, he's a machlokas. But either which way, the famous Bas Ayin says an amazing, amazing idea. He says, this story is really a muscle. Of course it happened, but there's a muscle behind the story that Tamar represents the Jewish people. And Tamar, representing the Jewish people, because Dam Salasamar, the Jewish people are known as Tamar. Yehuda, Yehuda is HaKadosh Baruch because he's got Yudke Vavke in his, his name. And so he represents Hashem. 
And Vayugad Lihuda, who tells Yehuda? That's the Satan. That's the Satan that comes about three months after Rosh Hashanah. Because in Rosh Hashanah there's a day of judgment, and Yom Kippur is a day of judgment, and Hashanah Rabbah is a day of judgment, and the judgment lasts all the way until Hanukkah, where the last vestige of judgment is available. And we see that that's the time when the Satan comes and tries to um, prosecute. So uh, he's. Um, it seems to be that Yehuda, at this time, sees the Jewish people who are guilty. Again, the Satan commu- accuses Tamar of being pregnant to her adultery, and Harul is expecting more adultery. So Yehuda says, Kodesh Baruch Hu says, well, if that's the truth, then I guess we have to do away with her. We have to kill Chasr Shalom, that Chali Shalom might be annihilated. And that's when Tamar says, he mutzeis, he shalchel when she feels that the judgment is happening to her, so she sends a message to her, forefa- her, her father-in-law. So the Jewish people send a message to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and the message we send to Kodesh Baruch Hu is L'ish asher hara, to whom these three things belong. What are the three things? The Mata, the Chosemes, and the Psilim. The Mata is like the staff of the menorah. The Chosemes is the seal of the oil from the Kohen Gadol. And the psilim are the wicks. The word lo is 36, the 36 lights of Hanukkah. To whom these belong? To whom, to whom these belong? That's to whom I'm expecting. That's who I'm learn, yearning for. That's who I'm looking forward to spending time with. Is the one that these belong to. So it's as if Klal Yisrael has taken an Eravon. And what's the story? So many tzaddikim explain that um, uh, that in the story, the first base, the first son of Yehuda, heir, that represents the first base of Mikdash. And who's the first base of Mikdash was destroyed because of Gili Rashi Zara. So that's the first base of Mikdash. That's where heir, the first son, because he made an Avodazar out of his wife because of her stunning beauty. And he did something inappropriate and and wasted. That would be Gilearias, and that's also Shvichas Domino. So then he's given she's given over to you, Boom Yisrael, finally get a second chance. And who's her second husband? Is Onan, who represents the second base of Mikdash. And the second base of Mikdash is destroyed because of what? Because of Sinas Chinam. And therefore, Onan, why was he? Why did he not have a child? He didn't have a child, not because of the beauty. He had a child. Didn't have a child because he he realized that this child is going to be named after his brother, the brother who was the big ball of air. And he didn't want that. So, because of sinas chinam, he didn't have a child, and Hashem kills him as well. And what are we waiting for? We're waiting Ad Shiavo Shiloh. Shiloh is the name of Mashiach, and that's the third base of Mikdash, and that's the third son of Yehuda. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu was worried that maybe the Isha Katlonis, the Jewish people who have failed already twice with the base of Mikdash, 
might fail a third time, and he's waiting and waiting and waiting. And therefore, when the Satan says every Rosh Hashanah all the way till Hanukkah, he's prosecuting us, and he says, ah, those Jews, they're big balaveras. So we go out and we light those Hanukkah candles, the 36 lights, Ela and Lo, and we say, Hashem, we want, we're lighting these candles to show you that the, to you we want. We want that base Hamikdash, and that's the only mitzvah that we actually do as a mitzvah. I mean, we say things, you know, but to do something, it's the only thing we do to re- signify the base Hamikdash. So Hashem should help us that when we light those Hanukkah candles, we should be davening Hashem. We want that third base Hamikdash. We want Shiloh. We want the third. We want Mashiach. And Hashem says, Tzadka mimeni. You guys are right. It's my fault. So I get benched.